Real quick, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Yes, it it really is pretty easy. And it's free. That's the bonus. That's why I have the app, because it's free. Uh, It also has certain tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I use my iPhone. It's really iPhone friendly. I know a lot of apps aren't really iPhone friendly, but this one actually is. I mean, it's pretty simple to use. Uh, Anchor will also distribute all your podcasts for you. So anywhere that has podcasts and it'll be open, Anchor will send it for you. You don't have to try to submit at different places. One click and boom, it's there. And you can, the most important, I mean, you can make money from it with your podcast. I mean, you just pump it out. And once it starts to get traction, you start making some money. It's pretty cool. And Anchor will do all that for you again. It will show you everything through the app. And it's really everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You don't really need a bunch of different uh, shit to try to get it going. You just download the app, hit record, uh, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I mean, Graveyard Grumbler uses it, so it must be good. All right. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome, everyone. This is Tina Romero, a.k.a. The Graveyard Grumbler, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 4. Today's topic will be paranormal. Oogie boogie 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 boogie. You know, paranormal, ghosts, spirits, all that shit. All that shit that scares the shit out of people when they're sitting at home alone and they feel their hair stand up or they get this weird chill that shit, that shit, that, that's what we're going to talk about today. And me personally, uh, believing in it or not believing in it, I would have to say that I'm kind of in the middle. I believe in it up to a point, And again, to a point, I do not believe in it. I know as a, as a kid growing up in a Mexican household and family, uh, we didn't have a choice to believe in it. We, it, it was 100% solidified that there was creepy ass shit in the house. Uh, you would think that Parents don't want to scare the shit out of kids, but that is wrong. Parents, especially Mexican parents, I feel, want to scare the shit out of kids. I remember El Cucuy and being told that that if I don't act right, then uh, the devil's going to come and pull my feet from my, if my feet were hanging off the bed. And, you know, growing up, you start believing that shit. And that's why... For those who live in a hot state or climate, growing up in Bakersfield, it's 115 during the day and 100 degrees at night. And our house, we had a swamp cooler, so it was hot, hotter than a motherfucker in there. I'm talking about hotter than three sets of balls running through a baseball field in a dead summer with sweatpants on and a jockstrap hot. Just muggy, sweaty, and nasty inside the house. But I was wrapped up in my fucking blanket. And making sure that none of my limbs were hanging out because I didn't want the devil grabbing my feet. Fuck that motherfucker. You know, it, it's one of those things that paranormal, it's, it all depends on how convinced you are and your personal experiences. Again, I believe up to a point, a lot of people believe that without a doubt in their mind that there's creepy shit, paranormal shit. And then you have the ones that come, they just don't believe at all and have a rationalization for everything that happens. Oh, I heard footsteps. Nope, that's just a house settling. Oh, I heard dishes clinking in the kitchen. Nope, they're just wet, so they're sliding off each other and, and readjusting. Well, the light turned off. Well, there's a power outage in that room. Come the fuck on, a power outage in one room? Give me a break. 
you know, the, here's one. Okay, here's a personal story that I'm going to share, actually, that made me believe 100% without a doubt when I was younger that there was fucking paranormal shit. After my father passed, I was around 12 years old when my dad died. My dad died in August, um, I think it was 90, in the 90s at least. I can't remember the exact year. So my dad passed away, and of course, being young and and it was my two older sisters, my younger brother, and myself. We all slept in my mom's room because we didn't want to be alone. It was it was a spooky... The whole thing I remember just being creepy. I mean, you think about it. I was 12 years old. So twelve after 12 years of hearing your dad's truck pull into the driveway and him walking through the back door, you're hearing his heavy-ass work boots and then placing his lunchbox on the counter and then coming into the living room and then not hearing the footsteps anymore because from the kitchen to the living room there's a carpet so you don't hear him anymore but you hear that for 12 years and all of a sudden you don't hear it it's a real eerie feeling not to hear anything i i'm i would rather hear things than not hear anything it's just in the dead of the night well my mom of course you know as any married woman would have difficulty coping after being married for several years I remember all of us were hearing things around the house. Now, I don't know if it was because we wanted to or shit was actually happening in the house. Again, you hearing things for 12 years, it just becomes a normal thing. You just, you're expecting it. Well, I remember this one uh, older lady. She was telling my mom that if you really want to know if there's your, you know, the ghost of your husband or if, if there's any spirits inside the house, fill up a glass of water halfway put it under your bed by the by where you sleep or where where your husband used to sleep put it right in that area and you will find out if the cup stays halfway uh halfway if it doesn't move then there's no one there if the cup is full then he you know the, the a good spirit or your husband is there and if it's empty then that means there's an, an evil spirit or someone that that doesn't belong in the household now, before I continue with the story, let me let me explain to you this, the sleeping arrangements after my dad passed. So it was my sister and my younger brother who laid in the bed with my mom because my mom had a queen size bed, I believe. And me being the oldest boy and I guess just the unwanted one, I got kicked to the floor. So I would sleep by my mom's side on the floor covering the space under the bed. So as soon as you walked into my mom's room, uh, the way that she had her bed was her, as soon as you walked in, you'd see her bed to the right. You'd see her, her dresser and then her closet. So the bed was positioned facing the door where my mom would lay. So as soon as she get out of bed, she would just walk right out the door and to the wall or the, the second half of the bed or the, the other part of the bed, it was against the wall. So and my mom pushed it against the wall because my brother had a bad habit of falling in between the fucking wall and the bed and screaming for help. Like, <laughs> like he just got dragged to the depth of depths of hell. <laughs> and so all you hear in the middle of the night was poof. And my brother yelling and was crying because his dumb ass got trapped between the bed and the, and the wall. So my mom, to, to uh, fix that problem, she pushed the bed fairly close to the wall. So it was the wall, the bed, and then the doorway. And I would lay on the floor covering the opening uh, from under the bed. And then, of course, on the other side, uh, 
there was the wall. So it was my sister and my brother in the bed and then my mom and then myself, I was on the floor covering covering the, the underneath the bed. So my mom filled up the, the glass of water. I'm sorry, she filled up half of it. We all, you know, I remember lifting the bed up vividly. I remember lifting the, the bed up and then the box spring and then my mom placing the water right on the spot, right where my dad would rest his head when he slept, right there. So we all went to sleep and not thinking anything of it, you know, just whatever, it, the, the uh, glass of water is there. We all fell asleep, you know, reminiscing, just trying to cope with this. So the next morning, I remember, I remember it like it was fucking Christmas morning. I remember, you know, we all got out of bed and I was, I was stoked to see what happened. And when I lifted the, the mattress up and then the box spring, I swear on everything, I had this weird, eerie, creepy fucking feeling come across my body because the glass of water was completely full to the very brim of the glass. Now, when I mean completely full, I'm talking about as soon as my mom grabbed the glass, the water spilled over the top. That's how full it was. And I remember being completely speechless. And in my mind, I'm like, holy mother, fuck me in the ass because what the shit just happened? There's no way anybody could have gotten under the bed because, again, I was laying on the floor and then my mom and my sister, and my brother were on her bed. So if someone was to get under the bed, we would have felt him or I would have felt him because I was laying on the floor against the bed. And to get to the bed, you would have to step pretty much on top of me to walk towards the feet at the foot of the bed. But I remember it clearly that the, the glass of water was, was full to the top. I mean, to the fucking top to where when my mom grabbed it, their water spilled over. Now, was that necessarily the spirit of my dad? I don't know. Was it supposedly another spirit that was there to watch over us? Who the fuck knows? I don't know. I just remember being completely freaked the fuck out because there was that that cup of water, or sorry, that glass of water that was completely full. And after this lady told my mom to do this, this experiment, it fucking happened. And I remember that at 12 years old, I remember that all the stories that I've been told in my as a child completely freaked me the fuck out after that. I mean, to the point where I wouldn't want to go to the kitchen because I was completely terrified that I was going to get, I don't know, I don't know if I was going to get beat up or, or fucking taken away. I don't know what, I, what was going to happen to me, but I just remember being extremely, extremely scared and extremely nervous to go into a dark area of the house. Even with the lights on by myself, it was so fucking creepy. And it didn't help either that, that there was fucking candles burning with Jesus, you know, the whole, uh, thorn crown with blood dripping down his face and then a creepy illuminating candle inside the fucking candle glass lighting up all his face that made it even creepier so i i remember after after that just being terrified to exist inside of that fucking house it was creepy and then also i i remember clearly that we would be sitting, we would sit in the living room, my whole family, my sister, my brother, myself, my mom watching TV. And we would hear the back door. We had a security door, which you could tell the difference between 
a, a back wooden door versus a metal security door. You can hear the difference when it closes. And I remember, I, I remember clearly sitting there and hearing the back door close. Boom. And in my mind, I'm like, fuck, this is it. This is how we die. Jesus, I'm still a fucking virgin and I'm about to get murdered because someone just broke into our fucking house. But the creepy thing was my dog at the time, he was an aggressive little shit too. My dog wouldn't growl. He didn't bark. And when that, when we heard that door close, I remember looking with that by that big eyed scared look on my face you know how that that look when you're about to hear it hit an animal or a deer or a crackhead with your car and they just give you those holy fuck i can't move fast enough look that's the look i got and i remember looking at my sister and then looking at my mom and then my mom would just look at keep continue watching tv like nothing was happening but my sister and i my my sister who's four years older than me we would meet eyes and i would clearly see that she was scared the fuck out of her mind and I was scared the fuck out of my mind and then the worst words ever <laughs> to come out of your mom's mouth mijo which was me go check what the fuck mommy do you just not care about me do you just want to sacrifice me to the fucking robbers or to it could be the devil that's waiting to possess my pure virgin soul because I haven't got laid yet and you want to sacrifice me to whatever fucking demon is in the back now that's all going through my mind as I'm completely petrified. I am just scared stiff out of my mind. And of course me being the man. Hold on, I got this shit, dog. Let me go put on my man pants. I'd get up, I mean shaking, shaking, <laughs> shaking like nobody's business and walking to the back. And the thing that freaked me the fuck out more was that the all the locks were locked and the door was completely still and I would look at I would open the door to look outside and my dog would just be laying under the patio or under the patio cover which is about I don't know 40 40 yards away from the back door so all of that combined me being 12 years old my father just had just finished passing away hearing all the creepy Mexican stories growing up I was scared out of my mind and so I, I I remember that as a child not being able to sleep anywhere unless there was someone in the room with me I don't know what what comfort that comfort that is if someone's in the other room because I could be in the room and someone else can be in the room and if shit was about to go down and I didn't feel like dying I'm gonna sacrifice whoever's in the fuck the the room with me because I probably have a bright future that I look forward to. And I'm not talking about now. Now is a completely different, different way of thinking for me as an adult. Now I'm talking about me as a child, me as a 12 year old, as a teenager, as a preteen. If you have a sleepover at my house and shit's going to go down, be expected to be sacrificed to the fucking demons or to the robbers, because I'm not going to end up number one is human beef jerky. And number two, I'm not going to get possessed and then my head fucking spin around my shoulders because I don't get down like that. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm glad, you know, none of y'all spent a night at my house because if shit went down, you would have been sacrificed. 
you know, and I would have had a good memorial for whoever I sacrificed, you know. I would have beefed you up like, damn, this motherfucker was brave. He said he pushed me aside and said, bro, I got you, bro. Let me take care of this. And me not wanting to interfere with the person's heroism, I would have said, bro, high five, handle it, fool. And then I would run. I'm not sure exactly where I would run, but I know it would be away from wherever that shit was going down at. The whole paranormal thing, again, is so creepy. It's so it's such an interesting topic. It's such an interesting way to pass time when you're talking with someone to share their stories, because a lot of people are afraid to share their stories because they don't want to seem like they're crazy. It doesn't fucking matter if you're crazy or not. If you have creepy stories, I would love to hear them. Please email me, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com, not gmail, at mail, M-A-I-L dot com, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com. I would love to hear some creepy ass stories or read some creepy ass stories. The paranormal is probably one of my favorite fucking topics ever, aside from sex. And I, I there was this, a few of the stories I remember, uh, there was this one lady, it was my cousin Jesse's grandmother, Doña Frutosa. I remember my dad would call her Tutti Frutti. It pissed everybody off. I remember people getting pissed off because my dad would call her Tutti Frutti. Now, Doña Frutosa, let me let me paint you a picture of this lady. So, picture a lady who's about four foot eight, maybe five foot. Eyes sunken in. Hands are bony, old. And she walks like a T-Rex hunched over just a tad with salt pepper hair. She was really thin too. Again, like a skeleton. She had this raspy voice that just made everything she said a whole lot creepier. So imagine the creepiest voice you can think of and then being creeped out when she asks if you want cereal for breakfast I couldn't even mock it because my voice isn't (laughs) as scratchy as hers but I remember her talking to me and me being scared with her asking me if I was hungry so now that you have that that image in your head let's let me tell you about some of the stories that she would tell us now my cousin me and myself we were young we were young little bucks we were spring chickens back before I had a broken back two fucked up knees and, and a jacked up shoulder. You know, back when you were healthy and, and the world was ahead of you and you can grab it by the horns. I remember being at my cousin's house and <laughs> Doña Frutosa would sit us all down in the living room with the lights off and tell us about several different stories. There was one story in particular that I remember that didn't made me not want to go outside. They were called Niños de la Tierra. And in English, it was translated to kids of the dirt now what this lady would say was that if there was a kid alone in the yard it didn't matter where mexico america fucking england it didn't matter if a child was outside alone past midnight that these creatures looking paint like a scorpion body without the stinger and a and a child face, a little child head and a child face would come and 
from from what I remember was that the, these these kids of the dirt would come in in little packs or bushels or whatever the fuck you call them, and they would pretty much kill you and eat you if you were outside in the back, in outside alone after midnight. Now, being told this as a child and love wanting to go play outside because we didn't have the cool gear and shit that we have now, but back when you're a kid. You don't want to go outside ever. It doesn't matter if it's in the morning, afternoon, or let alone fucking nighttime. So that was one story. And then also I remember Doña Frutosa telling us that there was an evil spirit inside the house. And you can hear it walking. You can hear the spirit walking in the fucking house. And I would sleep in the living room just like everyone else would because that was everyone slept in the living room. So I remember sleeping and then vividly vividly hearing fucking footsteps and like someone was moaning throughout the house and i remember waking up and looking around and of course you know as as a kid in in, in the dark your eyes play tricks on you so you swear you see a fucking shadow or you see something creeping from room to room that is devastating as a child <laughs> and their psyche trying to grow up and you then you get in trouble at your own home because you're told to go take out the garbage and what you know you you tell your mom no i'm scared and your mom tells you no nothing's going to happen but then these are the same people that tell you that fucking niños de la tierra are going to kill you if you're outside in the dark or that if you see a fucking owl or a lechuza around your 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 house area your property someone's going to fucking die Now, growing up where I grew up in the country, out in Bakersfield, California, on Cottonwood area, we have field mice, we have gopher snakes, we had rabbits, we had shit like that running around our, our neighborhood all the fucking time. So naturally, you're going to have owls and everything creeping around. But as a child, when you're told a lechuza, and if the if it's a black one, a brown one, any color but white, then if something bad is going to fucking happen to you. So here I am, as a child again, thinking that my family loves me. But I'm told to go outside to take the, the garbage out. And you're telling me that there's going to be an owl that's going to take my fucking life now? And now, and now once once the, the owl clips my Achilles and I'm laying on the, on the ground helpless, then the kids of the dirt are going to come in a pack and fucking eat me and kill me? But you still want me to go outside and take the fucking trash out? Oh my gosh. It was very troubling as a child to try to do shit that what you're supposed to and not be murdered and taken away by demons and owls and killed by lechuzas again lechuzas are owls at least i think so that's what i was told i'll have to find the definition but as far as i know i'm just telling you what i was told as a child and i remember a lot of stories being told about possession now possession scares the shit out of me i love I love, again, I love the paranormal and I love all that demon shit and I love the demonic shit. You know, 666, the number of the beast, goat heads. You know, I wanted that. You know, I, I actually, at one point when I was younger, I wanted to get the pentagram with an upside down goat head in the middle tattooed on my lower back. You know, fuck the traditional tramp stamp. I wanted to go big dog. But I, again, I was told not to because apparently having a tramp step if you're a guy who's in Dono in the 90s. 
I think I missed out on a great opportunity to have one of the most gnarliest fucking tattoos ever. But I remember my mom telling me a story of, a, of a, one of her uncles, I believe, or was it a family friend? I don't remember, but I remember her telling me, again, I was a teenager at this time, that he was possessed by the devil. So as growing up and, and being a fan of the of the uh, underworld and being, you know, fan of the demons and all this shit, you automatically understand that the devil has to be really pissed off to come fucking possess somebody instead of sending his goons or sending another demon that can take care of the job. So if the devil possesses you, shit is about to hit the fan. I'm talking about shit is about to go down. So my mom told me this. I had to listen to all of the evidence that she gave me so I can determine if do I need to go suffocate this individual or do I need to find a young priest and an old priest and then that old lady from Poltergeist so he cleanse the fucking house? Which one do I do? You know, and again, if you if you're contemplating murdering someone who's who's being possessed, is that really murder? Most people would say, yeah, I would probably agree, but I don't know. I think there's a gray area if someone's possessed because you're not technically killing the person, you're killing the demon. And have we all seen the demons that, that get killed, the person ends up being perfectly fine. Yeah, they're fucked up and have a bunch of wounds on them, but the point is they're still alive, but the demon is dead. But back to the story. I remember my mom telling me, I want to say it was her uncle. I remember her telling me that he was completely possessed and that whenever his wife or anyone from the family would bring would bring religious materials into his room and again being mexican catholicism there's an endless supply of of religious artifacts you might not have any underwear or socks but I guarantee you, you'll have a fucking cross or a rosary or at least 38 Bibles and all in Spanish, because at the time I didn't know that Bibles were even made in English. So you would have an endless supply of everything. So if vampires would ever attack a Catholic home, those vampires are going to get fucked up because they have an endless supply of holy water, Bibles, crosses and rosaries. It's going to be a bad deal. But I I remember my mom telling me that when people would go in, he would just start writhing in pain, just clutching his stomach and growling. Not not a, oh man, but like like a, a, a demonic growl. And then you start to wonder as a child again, as a teenager, fuck, was this fool just high on meth? Was he eating bath salts? Or was he legitimately fucking possessed? I wanted to go see because I've never seen anybody possessed. But I was told no, because then the demon would jump to me and then I would be fucked. I'm not very flexible. So if my limbs would start uh, contorting, I'm pretty sure I'd be fucked up for life because I can't bend in those ways. But I remember them telling me that it took uh, a priest, an old priest, <laughs> an old priest, legitimately an old priest to go and cleanse him and and exercise him. And I'm not talking about like Pilates or the, the thighs of steel that Suzanne Summers used exercise. I'm talking about exercise the demons. That kind of exercise. 
And I remember my mom telling me that it took several weeks and he almost died because he wouldn't eat and he wouldn't drink and refused medical care. So again, I don't know if this was a drug induced ordeal and, you know, we didn't get the full story because, you know, parents just don't share that kind of personal shit with, with kids. But I remember that, that story that scared the shit out of me too, but I tried to be tough. And then now, you know, just a, f- a few years ago, I was on YouTube and I found real recordings of Annalise Michael. This lady was supposed to be one of the confirmed cases of possession in in the world. And it has it on audio because the, the priest decided to you know make it for the Vatican and all this other shit. And it leaked and all hell, <laughs> all hell, <laughs> all hell broke loose. And if you listen to this audio, it's not a video, it's just an audio. It is creepy as fuck. And it is awesome. I would suggest you listening it listening to it at midnight with about six candles burning inside of your creepiest room of your house with headphones. And make sure you face the wall that way nobody can see you. But I remember listening to that and that shit was oh my gosh, it was creepy. Creepy, 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 creepy. But it was fucking awesome. You know, and if if anybody doesn't believe that right there, could, could you imagine though if you're if you're the dude dating her and you don't know she's possessed and you two are dating and all of a sudden you ask her, you know, hey babe, what do you want to watch? And then you hear, fuck you. You're like, whoa. <laughs> what happened? Are you a trans? I mean, not that I judge, but your voice got really fucking deep right now. I don't know. I don't know to be scared or be turned on. I don't know, babe. Can you do that again? And then, fuck you. Well, is it going to be unprotected or protected? I need to know because I don't want kids. But I want the feeling. Can you imagine going through that <laughs> live and then finding out that, that your boo-boo was fucking possessed? I mean, the video, the, the audio is creepy as hell please i everyone who isn't creeped out easily please go check out that that video it's the possession of annalise michael and it's awesome it is awesome for me the paranormal when i love the movies paranormal activity uh, one and two yeah a lot of people think they were dumb but they were so cool because growing up in a mexican household we experienced a lot of that i experienced a lot of that the the knocking in different rooms, the footsteps, the growling, the loud bangs. I I remember that as a child. And it wasn't that anybody was playing tricks on me because everyone was in the living room with me. And then I remember sitting in the living room, uh, the way that our our couch was, the couch was was, uh, positioned, you had a clear view of the bathroom. And we always left all the doors and all the doors in the room in the house were open except for the front and back because all the rooms to the doors were open because why would you have them closed so the bathroom was open and i remember sitting there and the fucking light turned on and that i oh it made my butthole pucker i did that you know that where you stiffen up because if you everyone knows that if you stiffen up your body and close your eyes you're immune to every fucking thing to ever happen to you everyone knows that possession is going to go over you you know, the demon is going to see your eyes closed like, oh, shit, he has stiff body and his eyes are closed. I can't possess this individual. Fuck. They duped us again. 
So I remember my butthole clenching and being completely scared stiff and the light would be on for maybe a minute and then it would turn off and it would see what seemed like a shadow walk towards my mom's room. Now all this ghost activity would be from the back door to my mother's room. It rarely went into any other room. I just remember my house being a hotbed for, for creepy shit. And then my mom pumping it up even more, you know, and then, oh my gosh, another story. I remember my, my uncle Weicho, uh, when he stayed with us one night, he scared the absolute shit out of everyone. He, and I don't remember if I was actually born yet, or was I still a young child? But I remember my mom telling me the story that my uncle Weicho, after, you know, hanging out, it was a, a party at our house and he, he went to sleep in the bedroom and then he wakes up and walks to my mom's, uh, my mom's bedroom and calls her. My mom wakes up and he has his hand extended like he's holding someone's hand. And my mom asks, what are you doing? And she's, he says, oh, this little girl wants to come into your room. Mom's like, what little girl? And my uncle Wichu looks down and there's no fucking little girl there. And from the story that my uncle Wichu turned completely white and was freak the fuck out because he swore on the breath that he was taking that he had a little girl by the hand and walking her to the room because she wanted her mom okay, being told this story as a, as a young kid it's fucking terrifying I also remember <laughs> I was working graveyard uh, I had moved out I was adult married already I'm living in Washington at this time and I was working graveyard shift, hence the name Graveyard Grumbler. I was I worked graveyard shift and I was on my off night and I was watching Paranormal Activity 2. Now, for those of you who've watched the movie, the, there's that part where the German Shepherd is growling at the door because the fucking demon is coming in to the baby's room. So the dog is growling. Well, I'm watching that movie and coincidentally, that same part that happened... I was laying on the floor facing the TV, so the, the doorway to the, the entrance to my apartment was behind me. So I'm laying on the floor facing the TV, and my dog is laying in her bed just a few feet away from my feet. And she gets up real fast, and then slow walks to the fucking door, and then starts growling. Man, my butthole puckered so tight. I thought that I was the backside of me was going to become a Ken doll because I wasn't going to have a butt anymore. Well, a butthole, I should say, because she growled this low, who the fuck's coming to my apartment? Growl that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm not a bitch or anything, but at that point, I decided that I was sleepy and it was time for me to go lay down in bed. So I just, I did just that. I turned off the movie, called my dog and sped walk, maybe ran a little to my bedroom, but I'm not a bitch. I mean, it's not a bitch. If you're sleepy at the same exact time, your dog is growling at the doorway after watching a movie where a dog is growling at a fucking demon. It that doesn't make me a bitch, everyone. Okay. It just coincidentally, I was sleepy and needed to go to bed because I, if I don't get my eight hours, I'm useless. And at that time, that was the time for me to get eight hours of sleep. 
but I remember that I remember that was actually <laughs> it, it startled me a little bit, made my butthole pucker, like I said, it, to the point where I thought my 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 back end was going to become a Ken doll because my cheeks were going to clinch my hole tight to where it disappeared. The paranormal activity movies were again, it, it just I enjoyed them so much because it reminded me when I was a kid, the footsteps and everything else, it was, was amazing. Now that I'm older, I lo- I think it's amazing. But as a child, it scared the absolute shit out of me. And then having creepy old ladies telling you stories about kids of the dirt, they're going to come and get your, eat your fucking face off if you're outside playing after midnight. And then, oh, oh man, I, didn't, I forgot this story. I remember mom telling us that we couldn't shower or take a bath after 11 o'clock because then you'd be showering with the fucking devil. Now that I'm older, I can see how useful that is because I have a hard time reaching the middle of my back and my lower back. So, you know, if the devil was showering with me now, I would probably give him my flufa and say, hey, bro, you got my back? Stay off my cheeks, though. Stay off my cheeks. Just get my back. I can't. I have bad limbs. But as a child, you think, oh, my gosh, the devil is going to fucking murder me in the shower. Now, not so much that you're worried about getting murdered, but the point is getting murdered naked. I don't want to get murdered naked and have all my goodies hanging out. I mean, that that's not cool. You know, I feel bad for the coroner and everything as when I was a kid to go and, and check me out. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stark naked. That, that's not cool. I would be embarrassed. So I remember mom telling me that story and then I was absolutely terrified. So I didn't want to shower. I was, I was seriously considering just taking hoe baths for the rest of my life. And for those of you who don't know what a hoe bath is, a hoe bath is where you just wash up your genital areas, you know, the important parts, you know, your your special no-no areas between your cheeks, your underarms, you know, and if you have boobs underneath your boobs, that way, you know, you don't stink when you're when you're doing your business. I was considering being a hoe bath professional because I didn't want to get killed by the fucking devil if I showered. A lot of I mean, a lot of people have different stories and different experiences. Those are just a few for me. Uh, I'm uh, now that I'm older again. I'm fifty fifty on if I truly believe or if I truly don't believe. But I love I love the the topic. I love it's a it's a very interesting. I like the I like getting scared. I, I like how how creepy it makes me feel. Now, for those of you who who are still on the fence, just think about it. If you're have you ever sat on the couch? at the dinner table, wherever, at night, by yourself, and you feel this weird, creepy feeling where you're, you get a chill on your neck and then your back of your, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. I'm not saying that that's a ghost, but it might be. And if you ever get this weird feeling where someone's watching you when you're alone, and then you turn your face really, really quick, yeah, that, that means the fucking ghost just walked out. And now you were just being spied on by a fucking ghost. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just telling you what I believe and what I think. But it could be true. That's up to you to decide. Not for me to tell you. I'm just telling you my stories. And I'm just telling you what I think. Growing up in a Mexican household uh, to a hardcore Catholic mother... It's really creepy because the more you try to, they they try to make you embrace religion, the more they push it away from you because every fucking thing happens to you when you're religious. Jesus, you get possessed because you believe in, in, in 
God too much. Now, if for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, watch any fucking movie where a possession happens. And it's usually the most re- or a religious person or the most religious person in that movie to get fucked up by a demon. So you have possession, you have the stigmata, and then you have the priest touching little boys. I mean, why would you want to be Catholic? <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I'm not saying everybody to be the Antichrist or be uh, against God or anything. No, no, I'm just, you know, making jokes and sharing just my ideas and what I feel about it. But as a child, religious is a very scary thing because I remember when creepy shit would happen, my mom would go pray to the rosary. Now, I don't know if it was just something that she enjoyed doing because it made her feel better or was she praying the demons away? I don't know what she was doing, but as a child, that's fucking scary. You hear something go bump in the night and then your mom starts praying. Like what the actual fuck? At that point, I would rather probably be shot than get fucked up by a demon because fuck that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's some creepy shit, but it's an awesome topic. <laughs> that's probably going to wrap it up for this episode I enjoyed sharing my stories I enjoy telling you what the way I feel my thoughts uh, I keep forgetting to mention every Friday a new episode will come out I, I if you haven't caught on to the routine yet every Friday I drop a new episode if you if anybody has any topics that they would like for me to talk about or just curious about my opinion please feel free to email me graveyard grumbler at mail.com i also have an instagram for my podcast it's graveyard underscore grumbler underscore podcast 210 feel free to follow me drop some in my dms uh comment on any of my pictures that i have there anything that that interests you or you're curious about we can uh we can talk about it or i'll talk about it on my show but uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I had, a, I actually had a lot of fun making this podcast. Brought up a lot of childhood memories, which now I probably won't be able to sleep tonight. I'm going to have to take a horse tranquilizer thanks to this podcast. But anything for you guys, as long as you're entertained and you enjoy the stories. Remember, keep the lights on. Don't burn too many candles. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I had a lot of fun. It's going to wrap up this episode, like I said. So good morning, good evening, good night, and goodbye. Everyone have a wonderful day.